If you would, open your Bibles to Second uh, Peter, the third chapter, the last verse of that chapter is where I'd like to begin. Second Peter chapter three, verse 18. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. It's my wish that the congregation here at Mount Juliet will grow in grace and also that we'll grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ and in the knowledge of God's word. The theme this year that we're coming up on in 2008 is ancient words where we're going to study the Bible through every day this year, read it through each day, read a part of the Bible, so when we come to the end, we'll have the Bible completely read. I hope and trust that each one will take advantage of this. The Mount Jesus Church of Christ will soon begin its 117th year of existence. From the very beginning until now, it has been a place where the Word of God has been taught in its truth and simplicity. I want to use the next few minutes just to talk to you a little bit about this wonderful book we call the Bible. All Christians know and believe that it's from God. And not only that, we believe it to be the inspired Word of God. It consists of 66 books. 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 books in the New Testament. The Old Testament has five books of history, I mean five books of law, 12 books of history, six books of poetry, four books of major prophets, and 12 books of minor prophets. The Old Testament was written for our learning. It tells us about the time that God work with people through the patriarchal age and then through the Jewish dispensation. The New Testament contains four books on the life of Christ, one book on the history of the church, and then there are 15 special letters and six general letters that tells us how to live as a Christian. And then there's one book of prophecy that tells us how to die as a Christian. The New Testament is the perfect law that we live under now, according to James chapter 1, verse 25. The Christian dispensation began on that first Pentecost after Christ's resurrection when the church was established in Acts chapter 2. Now the division of the Bible into its chapters and verses was the work of uninspired men. It was done for the convenience of a student to study the Bible. The division into chapters occurred in 1250 A.D. The division into verses occurred in 1560 A.D. The first English Bible was printed in 1535, and the authorized version, called the King James Version, was published in 1611. About 40 men were engaged in writing the Bible, began 1,500 years before Christ with Moses 
and closes about A.D. 96 with the book of Revelation written by the Apostle John. So as we look at this precious book, we realize that the Bible was produced by God using special men as his chosen writers. And we can see very clearly that the Holy Spirit selected the words that these men would use to write this book. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21, the Bible says, For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. We see many passages in the Bible that begin with the words, Thus saith the Lord. Also, there are other passages that show that God told these men what to say through the Holy Spirit. In Exodus 4, chapter 12, God taught Moses what to say. In 2 Samuel, chapter 23, verse 2, the Spirit of the Lord spoke by David. In Jeremiah 1, 9, the Lord put his words in the mouth of Jeremiah. Christ put his stamp of approval on the Old Testament when he made this statement in Luke chapter 24, verses 44. All things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Christ even endorsed the New Testament before it was written. In John chapter 14, verses 25 through 26, These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Yes, the Bible is God's inspired word. It's filled with words that are breathed by God himself. The Bible contains the mind of God. It contains the state of man. It shows the way to salvation. It shows the doom of sinners and the happiness of believers. Its doctrine is holy. Its precepts are binding. Its histories are true. And its decisions are unchangeable. As we approach this new year, it's my prayer that we'll be more determined than ever to read it and to read it to be wise, to believe it, to believe it to be safe, and to practice it, to practice it to be holy. Christ is its grand object. Our good is its design. And the glory of God is its end. It should fill our memory. It should rule our heart. It should guide our feet. Let us read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. Because it's given to us in life. And it will be opened in the judgment and remembered forever. 
It is written to create faith in God and in his Son, that through faith and obedience to his word, that we may have the hope of eternal life. It is indeed the book of all books. It's a very precious book. We need to read it with great reverence and try to understand it. Not only that we can teach ourselves, but that we'll be able to teach others and to spread the gospel. If there's anyone here this evening who's not a Christian, the Bible teaches very plainly how you can become a Christian. We must first hear God's word. In John 10, 27, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them that follow me. And then once we've heard that word, we must believe it. Hebrews 11, verse 6 says, Without faith, it's impossible to please him. That those that want to please God must come to him in faith. And we must be willing to repent, change our life, turn away from the life of sin and turn toward God and follow him all our days. Luke 13, 3, unless we repent, we will perish. And then we must be willing to confess Christ, confess him before others. Jesus said, if you'll confess me before others, I'll confess you before the Father. And then we must be baptized into Christ. This is where we put Christ on in that watery grave of baptism. Jesus, in giving the Great Commission in Mark 16, verses 15 and 16, said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. So it's real simple on how to become a Christian. But we don't stop there. Once we become a Christian, we must remain faithful. And this is what's called living the Christian life. In Revelation chapter 2, verse 10, Jesus says there that if we're faithful unto death, that he will give us a crown of life. So as we look to this new year that's coming upon us, let's learn about God's word. Let's truly spend some time in this. The way the, the new little Bible that we have uh, chosen to read, it's in the New King James Version. You will not have to spend more than 20 to 25 minutes a day. And I dare say every one of us watch three times more TV than that and on any given day. And I know we can devote a little time to God each day. If there is someone here that needs to respond to the gospel this evening, if you'd like to become a Christian, we're here to assist you. If you've not remained faithful, if you've backslidden, if you want to turn your life around, there's no better time than this evening to do just this. Whatever your need is, we're here to assist you. Won't you come as we now stand and sing the song of invitation?